Webb's Michael Smith. It's episode 114 of the Canes cast, and you know what? What's that? I have to figure out why is the Metro so good. It's really good. It's beyond really good. It is, by far and away, the best division in hockey. And you can make a case, if you want to, for the Central that has St. Louis and Colorado and Winnipeg and Dallas and Nashville. Those are really good teams. Yeah. And I could make a case for them you know, going on a run in the playoffs. But you just take a look at the meat grinder that has become the Metro division. Yeah. It, it's, it's insane. And the Flyers, who are better than, and we've said this before, better than I think a lot of people thought they might be coming yeah. into the season. But again, if you look at... At least right now. I, I know that, but you know, this is the Canes cast. If you look at the Canes roster and you look at the talent that's on the roster, we know that on paper, we've said this, and now that we are two months into the NHL schedule and for the Carolina Hurricanes at the time of this recording, 27 games in, although it could be 28 if you're listening wow. on Wednesday after the Bruins game on Tuesday. But, yeah, we're past the quarter pole of the NHL season. The Canes on paper are better, but like Philly – that roster is filled with talented players, guys who've been all-stars, guys who know how to light the lamp, or good, young, talented players that are there. The Capitals, that everybody was wondering how they were going to bounce back after the Canes knocked them out of the playoffs last year, looks like the rest did them good. Yeah. Because they have just been rolling over people. Yeah, especially on the road and at home, too. But The Islanders proving no fluke, buying yep. into Barry Trotz's system. Now, the Islanders, I'll do respect, you look at their roster and you're like, okay, a couple of really, really good pieces as far as talent goes, like a player like Matt Barzal and Jordan Eberle's talented. But you look at them and you're like, oh, well, you know, they're not the most talented team, no, but they follow the script that their coach puts out there. The Penguins have been without Evgeny Malkin or Sidney Crosby for the majority of this season, and they're still hanging around in playoff position. Yep, they find a way the each Canes, and every year. Yeah, the Canes have been without Eric Halla for a while. Uh, Columbus, who we were thinking was going to be the dregs of society, are at NHL 500 because they're 11-11-4. And then you have the New Jersey Devils, who have talent on paper. That just hasn't come together. Yeah. So it's it's been a wild division. And every night, the Metro Division, the other thing that they do is they go out and they beat people outside of the Metro Division. And it's a question that I have because the Canes have, have kind of struggled in the Metro the last few years. How do they? Yeah. How do they get that on track? Because they're They've great struggled. against the Central, they're good against the Atlantic, yeah. and they're good against the Pacific. So how do they get better against this Metro division? Yeah, they're just two six and one within the division this year. Um, and the first game uh, that that happened in this last week after the last Canes cast was that game in New York City uh, against the the New York Rangers, and and Henrik Lundqvist was was doing Henrik Lundqvist things uh, for a bit. And genres. Thank you. Well, he's a goaltender, and that's a. <laughs> it is a genre. <laughs> Thank you. Um, put that out there. A genre of position, I guess. Wow. A genres hockey position. Um, but the Hurricanes weren't really pleased with their start. Nope. And the Rangers hung three on them in the first period. Well, and you take two penalties in the first three minutes of the game. Yeah. Somehow that's going to find a way to burn you. Either getting you out of your rotation for that period. Somebody's got to sit for four minutes while you're waiting to get into the flow of the game. And Henrik Lundqvist, again, did Henrik Lundqvist things, most notably that save on Marty Natchez when the Hurricanes mounted right. a comeback to get it to 3-2. Uh, that's going to be one of the better saves that we're going to see this year. Yeah. Although James Reimer says, hold my Gatorade a little bit later on when we get to the Tampa game. Yeah. But nonetheless. that um, I mean, that easily could have been a tie game. The Hurricanes uh, could have banged in three quick ones there oh, sure. because uh, Dezingle and Fogel scored pretty close together uh, to get the Hurricanes within one after that. And was period. only a couple of minutes later after Yeah, exactly. That, so. And that would have changed the tide of the whole game, but oh, yeah. instead Lundqvist uh, reaches out with the stick almost effortlessly, almost like he was just like, ah, let's see what happens, and it ended up hitting his stick, and he made the save. And, you know, I, as I was running down the Metro teams, I left out the Rangers because I knew we were going to cap off that game. Henrik Lundqvist can still be great for a game. I don't know if he can be great for stretches like he used to be, but he can be great for games. We've yeah. seen that already twice this year against Carolina. 
Yeah. But they've got good young talent, too. They really do. Mika Zabinijad came back that game. He had been on the shelf. He's yep. a key a key cog for them. And he scores their first goal on the power play. I think we're seeing that Capo Caco can be very good. Again, he's adjusting to life in the NHL. A lot of similarities with Caco's start to what Andrei Svechnikov had last year. And uh, head coach for the, the Rangers, Quinn, is kind of insulating him. You know, he didn't want to put him on the top line early right. to, you know, try to protect him and, you know, here, kind of learn this game. It's it's much different. It's smaller ice. It's more physical. But you can see that he's got flourish to his game. And, again, this is a Rangers team that we we weren't expecting too much from. But then they go out and signed Artemi Panarin, and he's good at the hockey. Yes. Just take confirmed. a look at the points he's been putting up there. So, again, there's no night off in the Metro. And I'm not worried or hand-wringing, but this is something that the Canes have to – they have to find a way to get better in the division Yeah. if we don't want to come into March and worry about playoff position if you're a Canes fan or you're a member of the team or the coaching staff or you do what we do. Because this team, to me, I think is in the top three of the Metro division. Yeah. If, if we were to, to rank them, who are the top three teams? I think Carolina is there. I know Philadelphia is in front of them by two points right now. But again, you've got to find a way to beat Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and the Rangers and yeah. Columbus, but they're all good teams and everybody gets up for each other and there's no easy nights in this division right now. And the odd thing to me, one of the two wins for the Carolina Hurricanes in the division is against the best team in the division, the Washington Capitals, who only have four losses on the season and the Canes handed them one. Yeah, very early in the season. Be it in overtime, but... In overtime. One of the Capitals' four overtime losses at home, overtime or shootout, I guess, losses at home. Um, but yeah, the Hurricanes that that two six and one record within the division, they've got to find a way to improve it. And I know we're only twenty seven yeah. games into the season. But the the weird thing to me is the division that I think a lot of people would tell you is the best, the Central Division. Mm-hmm. The Canes own. Yeah, and they're like eight and one or eight and two against the Atlantic this yeah. year too, with a big Atlantic Division game coming up on Tuesday in Boston, a rematch of that Eastern Conference Final series from last year in which the Bruins swept the Hurricanes for nothing. So you know the Hurricanes are going to be maybe a little extra juiced up for that game, just knowing that uh, knowing how their their playoff fate you know was ultimately met last year. Oh, I would think so. Yeah, but, but Boston is they've got that top line. Oh, they're excellent. Although Patrice Bergeron is dealing with something, and David Pasternak right now isn't on just a point per game pace; he's on a goal per game pace. Mm. That this seems is good. Sanity, and they haven't lost in regulation at home. They're eleven zero and four. And well, somebody's got to beat them. Somebody has to at some point. They're not going to go, you know, forty. Well, they can't go forty zero and four, but they can't go thirty six zero and four. All right, this is an interesting question. Thirty seven zero and four. I can't I'm, do math. I'm going to bring it up. And, and Pastor Knock for because I railed against math last Kane's cast. Yes, you He's took not, on all of math. Yeah, he has. <laughs> He has 25 goals in 27 games, so it's not exactly almost a goal-per-game pace. but it's Very close, yeah. But you know what he's not going to finish with? 101 and a no, half points? No, .87 <laughs> goals per game. No. He will have, you can only score a goal or not score a goal per game. Right, but so the math will then say. Averages, yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I get <laughs> we math. We won't get into that again. I get math. I'm just trying to deal in reality. Yes, let's stop with that. But no, a, a different, I guess this could be considered a math question. Do you believe in those numbers and things like this? Like, you know, Boston right now at home, they don't lose. They're 11 0 4, and that means no one's going to beat them there. You know, how people read into things. The Madison Square Garden thing for the Canes for yeah. the longest time. Uh, do, you, do you think that that factors in? Because I really don't. I, I just don't. I, you know, when you hear for college sports, a team hasn't won there in 58 years. The only streak I truly believe in that it does matter, is that Clemson basketball has never won in Chapel Hill. That will never happen. Yeah, That's the only thing that I buy into, that, okay, I buy that that will never happen. But everything else, it, it just, especially if there's something like from 20 years ago, the guys today don't care about that. Yeah, it, it, The game isn't even played the same way it was 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, the Madison Square Garden thing didn't make sense just because of how many iterations of Hurricanes teams went through that building. It almost became 
but there were some weird things that happened yeah. through that stretch. Uh, and I think we touched on a few of them yeah. last week. Uh, and there seemed to be some holdover hexes in that first period, it seemed, uh, from the curse that, that was broken in uh, early February of last yep. year with the hurricane shutout win. Sort of looked like uh, some of those uh, weird vibes came back in the first period. Uh, but it, it things can be explained. You, again, oh, things you take, can be explained. Sure. You take penalties early. You fall down three to nothing. It's not like you know guys were just falling at the blue line and breakaways yeah. were created or some weird goal was scored that you can't explain. You know that the Canes didn't start on time, and the head coach wasn't happy about it. They yeah. built a game after that, to use a phrase that we've heard a ton. But it's it's the same thing if we go to Nashville. It's almost like he was more angry at the fact that they wasted a good forty minutes. Yeah, yeah, because that first twenty minutes was so bad that then their last forty minutes, which was actually pretty good, yeah. was kind of all for naught. Yeah, the the team also said it. I mean, the guys we talked to after the game, you know, Warren Fogle, Ryan Dezingle, the goal scorers, they said the exact same thing. Yeah. We wasted forty minutes because we we didn't play twenty. And I know that there's been some hand-wringing about, you know, the Canes not starting on time, and there have been a few games where that's been a problem. If, if you have a bad period, I don't care if it's not starting on time, if it's not getting ready for the swing period, which is the second period, where you don't know how to finish. People are going to wring their hands over, you know, what's wrong with the team in this period. What you have to do, it's, it's almost impossible to play – a great 60 minutes from start to finish because you know what? The guys in the other uniform, they're going to play hard too. They're going to try to find a way to get a win. Um, most everybody is going to get some pushback by the opponent. And if we were doing this for another team, you know, if we were doing the, the Rangers cast, we'd be like, well, what happened in the second period where, you know, the Rangers came off of the game? Yeah. You know, there's always that you talk about it, but you just want to be consistent. You don't want to put yourself in a bad hole by starting off slow, taking penalties early, or you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're trying to figure out how to finish off games. Right. The Canes have been good, though, in the third period with the opportunity to finish off games yeah. this year as opposed to last year. I remember that was one of the questions. You know, can this team find a way to finish off games? They did. They know how to do that now. It's just being more consistent. Well, in a couple of years ago, too, I think we go in that locker room and the storyline is, okay, well, the Hurricanes can – take solace in the fact that they were able to fight back and, yep. and made a push there with a strong final 40 minutes. Whereas uh, this season where the expectation level is Rod Brindamore challenged the yep. team to raise that expectation level last year. And they obviously did it with their playoff appearance and, and deep run. Now that expectation is no, you, you there are no moral victories for, uh, you know, coming up with a solid final 40 minutes because in the end you still leave there with zero points. You still leave there with a loss um, the sixth in the division this year, and and that's that's the story. You're you're angry about the start because you know you need to be better. You know you need to have that full sixty minute effort in order to to come away with the two points. So there are no, uh, I was I there were no moral victories to be had in that locker room, nope. and and I think that just illustrates how how far this uh, this expectation level has been raised since Rod Brennamore came into the locker room. And there's no more, well, the other goalie was just really good tonight either. Yeah, you, you, you he know. was. And he was here, Yeah, very much so. Especially in that first period here. Yeah. But then you you, you know, put that in the rearview mirror. You move on to Nashville at home yeah. where the Canes had a great start. I, I, I thought that they were, the way that game started, they yes. were going to run over the top of the Nashville Predators. They were far and away the better team in the first eight minutes of the game. I think the shots were 8-3. Yep. And they weren't, uh, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't like they were just throwing everything at the net. They had some quality scoring opportunities in that first eight minutes. And, you know, from from that start, you look uh, back from the game before the Hurricanes want to start better. They certainly started better, but it was a play, a simple play. Uh, you say that. I thought it was a smart play by Nick Bonino. It was a, a smart play. To but, but a simple play in that it's not a um, an intricate, like, you know, rush up the ice that they end up weaving through the defense. And it's just a simple flip of the puck out of the zone. Grimaldi chases it down and, and ends up beating Mrazic on the breakaway. And that kind of shifted, tilted the ice there in the first period, I thought, uh, and 
for uh, and the Predators got some momentum yep. off of that. Uh, they added an, another goal uh, later on, uh, late in the period, uh, and were able to take a two nothing lead into the intermission. And I think that just sort of took the wind out of the Hurricanes' sails. That was a somewhat intricate play because that was a great pass by Philip Forsberg to Forsberg to Carly uh, Yarncroke. Yes, to make it two nothing. And that, to me, I honestly think that that's frustrating, more frustrating for a team. I don't think that we'll ever get an admission of that to play well and look up at the scoreboard and be like, how are we down 2 nothing?" Yeah. Uh, go back to that Rangers game where the Canes put 22 shots in the first period and they skate off the ice. They know they were better than the Rangers, but they look at the scoreboard and it's one nothing Rangers after you threw the kitchen sink. Yeah. And you, that to me is frustrating. Like, well, why didn't we do this? And you can say you can build off of the positives, but when you do everything right, you feel you should be rewarded. And uh, I will try to, for whatever reason, learn how to talk better right now. <laughs> Can't say Forsberg, Yarncroft, or rewarded. Uh, that being Those are hard words in succession. Yeah. Forsberg, Yarncroft. <laughs> I can't even See, do it. Say rewarded. Rewarded. There we go. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. Um, how are you? I'm great. Awesome. How are you? Oh, well. What a clearly, Monday morning. Clearly a struggle right now. Yeah, well, you know. And the struggle is real. It's just now 10 o'clock on a Monday morning when we're recording this. Oh, okay. Look at you revealing the magic. Yeah. I like it. Ooh, well, my cell phone doesn't say 10 o'clock yet, but my computer does. Oh, well, your computer's off. It's my cell phone doesn't say 10 o'clock either. Yeah. Sorry, computer. You're a minute off. Microsoft is a little faster <laughs> than the rest of us, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, they're in the future. They could have told me that I would struggle saying those names. Yeah. All right, so back to the point of, okay. you know, if you play bad, you can rationalize. We had a terrible period. Sure. Like the, the Ranger game at Madison Square Garden – they had they a terrible period. They could go in period. and say, we didn't play our hockey, but if we come out and play our hockey, it'll be a different result. And that's what they almost did. They came out in the second period, yep. won the period, got it to 3-2, yep. and just couldn't find the equalizer. Now, you back shift to back to the Nashville game. This is tough, and for the years of, of hosting a post-game show and taking calls, Michael, I know fans <laughs> never want to hear this. They never want to hear, you know, the team played a lot better than what the final score said. Yeah. They don't want to hear it from clearly me <laughs> or anybody in that role. Hi. They really don't want to hear it from the players and coaches. Yeah. I I understand there's so many more outlets now for people to say this game stunk, this team was awful. That Nashville game, they weren't awful in that no. game. They really weren't. And it's it's hard to explain it. And I'm not there's no pom poms here. They lost the game three nothing. The result is garbage. It's nothing that you want. Yeah. A shutout. It's hard to say. My team didn't score a goal. They played well. Yeah. Um, we're not. This is not the company Kool-Aid here. And uh, I, I do think it's fair to say maybe they didn't have their best in the second and third period, yeah. at least in the third. But, but I think you have to credit Nashville yes. and how they play in locking down the neutral zone. And the Hurricanes just could not get anything going through there with the the Predators stacking up uh, basically three guys in the middle of the ice, clogging that up. You had one four checker and yep. one sort of defenseman hanging back and the, the Hurricanes just could not move through the neutral zone. And that's exactly what the Predators wanted to do. They wanted to swallow up the Hurricanes before they even could think about getting yep. any offense going um, and make it easy on their goaltender. Yeah, after the game, Jordan Martineau talked about it. And, and look, Peter LaViolette knows how to coach, yeah. knows how to win games. And Jordan Martineau after the game said, once they get up 3 nothing, they kind of go into this 1-3-1. And for basketball fans, imagine that if a team builds a lead, they can get into a 1-3-1, you know, a pressure kind of defense, and none of your players can attack the one until the ball crosses midcourt. It makes it hard to – you've got to get the ball across midcourt. In this case, you've got to get the puck across the blue line. Yeah. And all Nashville did after – they get the the deflection from Watson is say, good luck trying to get through us yep. in the in the middle of the ice yep. and try to do what the Canes actually do best to generate offense, get a four check going, get a cycle going, right. and grind on the opposition. Yep. Nashville said, you're going to have to get the puck through four guys to make that happen. And it becomes really hard to do that, especially when you know that this Nashville team on the blue line has four guys who could be all-stars yep. with, with how they play. Yeah, and... Uh, their goaltender had a rebound effort. I didn't realize he had been so bad leading up to that game. Oh, yeah. He had been pulled in three of his last four, four starts. He had given up like 
18 goals. Um, they had gotten trounced in Colorado. They had gotten trounced against Chicago. He hadn't started the last three games. They had gone with UC Saros for the last three games because Rene was was going through a tough stretch. But this is this is a one of the league's elite goaltenders. Yes. You knew he was going to have a bounce back effort, and it happened to be well, against the Hurricanes. You hope that he doesn't. Right. You know what you're hoping is that he stays in this funk. Sure. Um, if you're not the Predators, yes. One thing for the the Hurricanes that they can do in a situation like that is make life much more difficult right. on a goalie like Pekka Rennie because yeah. when he sees it, he stops it. Yep. And he is a huge man, so you have to get in front of him, say it with me, take away his eyes, mm-hmm. get pucks in deep, mm-hmm. be hard on pucks. Play a full 60. Play a full 60. <laughs> Get to the dirty areas. Yeah, you know, let's throw. You have to do all those. You got to do all of these things. Yeah, and then you hope that you get one past him, and his mind goes to, oh well, I'm not good right now. Rattle him a bit. I think that is going to keep going. I think him probably surviving that early siege by the Hurricanes, that first eight minutes or so, and then the Predators get that one nothing lead. Probably mentally for him was the biggest thing, just settling in and saying, okay, you know, I remember that I can do this to a a very high level. and from there, he sort of just locked it down. The Predators in front of him were suffocated the Hurricanes, and uh, they just they couldn't get anything going. And that was unfortunate because there was a, a sellout crowd here, and they wanted to get yeah. amped. They wanted to get juiced. Um, but the Hurricanes' power play wasn't great. No, that is the concern for me, that the Canes' power play can drag down their five-on-five play. But uh, Brendan Moore said it after the game, too. But then the next night in Tampa Bay, their first power play of the game, not, yeah, the next night in Tampa Bay, first power play of the game back to back gets the team on the board. Yeah. So that's it. You, you can, the power play for the Hurricanes is weird because they don't necessarily need it to win games. It's nice when you get power play goals for sure. But it, it seems that when they don't win games, we can point to the power play stopped a lot of momentum that the Canes were building. Five on five. Yeah, and I think it, it ranks eighth in the league. Oh yeah, the numbers are quietly. Fine. Yeah, the the PK and the the power play, the rankings are are fine. Yeah, you want you aim for that sort of a hundred percent combined. The Hurricanes power play is at twenty one point two, and the PK is eighty four point four. Yeah, that's where you want to be. Yeah, so you're at one hundred five. I I would say one hundred five is really the sweet spot where you want to be. Twenty percent on the power play, eighty-five percent on the kill. So that's eighth in the league in both power play and penalty kill percentage. If I do that math, that's like one ten. Yeah, or no, one oh five. I said twenty percent. Okay, we're both bad at math. No math. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. How are you? Um. So I, I I think sometimes when we get bogged down and okay, the power play had a bad game. Numbers. Yeah, it's we kind of forget. Okay, this the the power play's actually been pretty good this year. Eighth in the league, and eighth in the league in PK too. And then you look at what the the special teams was able to do in Tampa Bay. Power play, first power play of the game. The Canes get on the board. They they have that good start, and they get rewarded for it. And the Hurricanes ended up putting three uh, past Curtis McElhaney yep. in the first period in Tampa Bay. They get rewarded for that good start that they weren't rewarded for the night before against the Nashville Predators. I think we also forget that this team has sixteen wins now. Yeah. And two losses are not necessarily the end of the world. No. But you can't do the cha-cha. I keep saying Well, the two it. wins and the two losses. Can't Still 7-3 and three in the last 10, though. But you, you, you can't do the – because it's funny, people will point to, yeah, but before that they've lost four in a row. So there's right. always some history people will point to. You have to – if you lose two, you have to – the next four, you have to get points – in all four, preferably the worst would be two wins and two overtime losses. Uh, the best would be, of course, 4-0. But, like, you need to go 3-1 and one if you lose two. You, you, For me, Michael, the next games you play after a loss, you need to get points in the next two. You, you have to. You can't go two, three games without points and then two, three games with points because then you just start spinning your wheels in, in the snow. Because it is December, and I'll use snow. Yeah. The long December. Not a big County Crows guy. I was just going to say. I'm not. You're not? No. 
A couple of songs I really enjoy, but no. I like Long December. That's a good song. Uh, it's very depressing. Yeah. It's don't get of, me wrong. I like some sad it's songs. It's kind of moody. Bill Berniston, don't worry. We're getting back to hockey. We're getting back to hockey. We're getting back to that Tampa game. Yes. We're going through these games rather methodically here. Yeah, taking our time. So Sebastian Ajo gets the Hurricanes on the board with the power play in Tampa Bay, yes, their first power play of the game. That w- That's very important, especially against a team like Tampa Bay that has uh, a power play that can be so lethal. And this season, it is still very lethal. It's number three in the league. It's 30%. They score, they score one out of every three power play, which is kind of insane. Um, and they did score a power play goal against the Hurricanes, but I thought the Hurricanes penalty kill was very good. And in the first period, it got a kill late uh, against the Lightning. And then shortly after, with just seven seconds left in the period, you have sort of a role reversal with Sebastian Ajo shooting a puck from the point, and Jacob Slavin, net front presence, gets the tip, uh, gets the goal, puck goes past Curtis McElhaney, and the Hurricanes take a 3 nothing lead to the locker room. And that, I think, was about as good of a first period as you could have asked for for the Hurricanes. James Reimer was excellent. The power play got on the board. The penalty kill killed off a penalty. They got a late goal. They got two other goals, and they're up 3 nothing against uh, the reigning President's Trophy winners. A team that I was sitting there going, they're starting to figure it out. They're yeah. going to figure it out. They're they, close to figuring it out. They're going to eventually. Like well, they, Too much we, talent. We saw in the third period they it's, could figure it out. And it's just like Toronto. Like Once... Once they made that head coaching change and you've seen the way they've been playing under Sheldon Keefe, it's, there, there's too much talent on that team for that team not to be good. Well, watch the third period where they storm back and right. almost tied. It's funny. It's almost what the Canes did to the New York Rangers. Yeah, the, the, the Lightning had 14 shots in the second and 15 shots in the third. The Hurricanes only had two shots on goal in the third yeah, period. They were on their heels. In the they were surviving. But... A few things about the first period. Yes, the Sebastian Ajo goal is huge, especially five minutes in the game if you can build the lead because the team hadn't had the lead. I can't think of the last time that they did play with the lead, Michael. Um, clearly, they didn't have it against the Predators, and they didn't have it against the Rangers. So you got to go all the way back to you know, this the team game before. playing against Detroit. Yeah. So um, It had been a couple of games. But then before that, you know, they get a – a win against the Panthers, but if you remember that game, they started off down to nothing. Right. So it, this is a – almost everybody in the league now is so different when you get the lead. I don't know why. You know, especially if you score early, you'd figure there's still 50 minutes of the game left to be played. But that first goal is so big now because I think that the team that scores it can exhale. They can get a little momentum. They can they can feel some juice. They can jump on the opponent. Yeah. And then the other team starts chasing the game a little bit, even right. if it's one nothing or opening up a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, but the Canes found a way to get uh, get things done, and more importantly, hold on for the win against a Tampa Bay team that is really talented. And there were a couple of games in Tampa last year where the Hurricanes had the lead going into the third period, and uh, whether it was giving the Lightning a couple power plays or um, just sort of, you know, being overwhelmed with their skill, they ended up losing the lead and losing the game. So that was good to see the Hurricanes hang on and, and get the two points. And as good to see Jordan Martinuk gets on the board, his first goal of the yeah. season. And everything about this play was fantastic. Yep. From the stretch pass that Jacob Slavin had in his own zone to Clark Bishop. Realizing Clark, yeah. that the Lightning were in the middle of a, a change. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable pass, unbelievable recognition, and then Bishop puts the puck right there for Martinuk, and Martinuk, as uh, he told me in the intermission interview, uh, had beaten Curtis there a couple of times <laughs> last year in practice and just hoped it, <laughs> hoped it would go in. And it did. And it did. It was only his 12th game he's played this year yes. to Jordan Martinuk because he missed time with that, that core muscle injury, but... I'm sure that one did feel good to get because he scored a career-high 15 goals last yes. year. He also played all 82 games. Yes. Obviously not going to happen this year, but to get that first Obviously. one out of the way is... Good is, math there. Got to feel good. Is he going to play like half games? Well, maybe. Sorry. I got to leave that in the past. <laughs> uh, I do have a question, though, about Clark Bishop gets called up. And, yeah. and this is really, I don't think, a reflection of, of Etu Lusterinen, uh, where Bishop gets called up and takes his place. But right. Bishop... With Martinuk and McGinn, solid fourth line in the NHL. 
It's gritty. And that's not the mascot. No, listen, <laughs> I'm grittied out. I really am. I know that gritty does funny things, and I appreciate it. But I'm like, all right, let's move on. Jones. That's a mascot. Yes. Doesn't want to play. Jones. Thank you. <laughs> the button was stuck there well, for a second. Much like in Real Jeopardy, the buzzer was a little slow. Yeah. So, uh, it's but Bishop fits that role yeah, for what does. you want him to do, and he's a good penalty killer. But yep. you put him on that line with McGinn and Martinuk, and they can get going. And they had some big shifts in that Tampa Bay game for sure. They had a couple of uh, good shifts in the Nashville game before it, where Bishop comes right up and you know gets thrown right into the fire. Yeah. And James Reimer in Tampa Bay was excellent. Yes. He's been excellent. Uh, he's faced some tough games this season because he's been kind of that second half of the back-to-back yeah. guy. Um, gets the shutout in Detroit yep. and responds with an excellent game in Tampa Bay where he makes, what, 26 saves? 20, nope, 36 that. saves. Yeah. Sorry, I robbed him of 10 saves. Um, and one of them, Stood above the rest. Well, let's reward him with the other 10 saves. Yes, let's Thank do you. that. Um, where he's, he says he's he's doing a front, front, front flip, back flip, butterfly, every stroke that he can think of. He tosses the leg up and uh, emphatically kicks away the puck. A kick save and a beauty on uh, Yanni Gord. Oh, no, Yanni Gord. That yeah. was Yanni Gord that he robbed. He then robbed Stamkos a little bit later on. Yeah, and he made a two-on-one save on... Uh, uh, Palat there in the second period. He uh, robbed Tyler Johnson in the third. Johnson then they started throwing little jabs back and forth at each other, not verbal, the actual fists. Yeah, Reimer was uh, displeased with uh, Johnson's pursuance of the puck, and it looked to be covered. Yeah. Like they're, I know you play until the whistle and everything, but he looked to have that puck pretty well covered. All right. What's the one warning I issue every media game that we play here at PNC? <laughs> You come in close, sticks come high. If you if you slash my hands <laughs> when I'm covering the in this case the the ball, I will punch you. <laughs> That's just that should just be an edict that everybody throws out there. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. And James Reimer threw it out there. Yeah, he did. Literally. And then Tyler Johnson with just picked a corner. I mean, that's an incredible shot. Tyler Johnson, if he played against the Carolina Hurricanes, would break Wayne Gretzky's record uh, <laughs> for all 82 games. Yeah. It's like every game he scores a goal. He finds a way. He's a good player. Very good player. He's a, a good player. And when he scored that goal, you know, shortly after they get that power play goal, it's clinching time with the E. Yeah. 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 It got a little. Got a little, little hairy. A little tight. A little tight, yeah. It's a good way to put that out there. But the, to the Hurricanes' credit, they were able to hold on. Um, some a lot of penalties in the third period. Yeah, and, and that were, sort of disrupted there were a lot the of flow. Weird penalties in that game. Yeah, like it 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 looked like the game was getting into a flow, and then you'd get a call, and then you're like, well, here comes another call. They're they're not going to call it. And again, that's just because NHL. I do have a question for you. I did pose it to you on Twitter. You did not answer it. No. Oh, well, I thought we were saving it for oh, a Kane's I, cast. I thought you were going to throw that out there. The Tampa goal horn, excessive? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Maybe it's maybe it's not as loud up in the press box I'm as old. it is down in the... No, it's got nothing, <laughs> nothing with being old. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where I don't want to take an Excedrin after the game because I have a headache from, ah, I don't want that. Yeah. And it just seems to go... Forever, like yeah, longer than most other goal horns. It's uh, similar to Phillies, I think, in both tone and length. Okay. <laughs> I I don't really pay that much attention, except when I'm like, geez, this seems to be, they seem to be laying on this thing for, like, okay, hand off the buzzer. Yeah, maybe they were just very excited. They were. That also becomes the loudest building musically. In the NHL, like they go to yeah. eleven. Yeah, I remember doing the pregame show down there with you once, and it's uh, I couldn't hear myself think. Yeah. So hopefully, words came out that made sense. Sure. Six twenty nine, we can have this conversation. Six thirty, when the warm up start. Hi. <laughs> 
Hi. Yeah, no, you got to bring even even more. Now hit it. Oh, no. <laughs> that's going to be way too loud. Well, that's the whole point. That's <laughs> what it's like. Burst people's eardrums. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Amelie Arena. Yeah. And it's a beautiful building. I'm oh, not, it's great. And, and again, this is I'm not disparaging what's going on in Tampa. I'm just saying the goal horn seems excessive and the music gets very loud. And Patrick Wilson was there. Yeah. That was random. <laughs> what else is he going to do? I don't know. And uh, Kiermaier, center fielder for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, was also there, too. Oh. So they got to, they do the, um, they have that Tesla coil that yeah. provides that the lightning, cool. which is still cool. That like, is I, cool. They brought it in game, I don't know how many years ago, five, but it's still awesome. I stand right underneath it, and there's some fear and more wonder. Yeah. But they, but now before puck drops, sort of similar to how the hurricanes do the the warning siren, they'll have a, uh, you know, somebody press the, uh, they call it charge up, I think is what they call it. So Patrick Wilson and, you know, press the button to activate the Tesla coil. It's pretty cool. Would you want to do that? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> make sure. Absolutely. And again, this was not a case of I'm old. This is more of a case of. The horn just seems excessive. Yeah. That's all. I was just putting it to you. They've got a really big organ, too. Yes, they do. Yeah. And they like to play with it. Yes. <laughs> a lot. Yep. Uh, they did play the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, theme. Um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to move on from that one. Go oh, on. I oh, know. I know how. Go. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. You had one last week, which was a Thanksgiving miracle. Yeah. You got one this week? Nope. And you're not bailed out because nobody used the hashtag Canescast. <laughs> you're exactly right. So I'm going to have to think on my toes quickly. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Uh, we, can, uh, we can get a, a little bit more into this because I've got one for you. Okay. And it does involve the Metro Division. Okay. I think I hinted at this last week, but I'll say it again and put it in this form. As we're past the quarter poll and we're in December... Past American Thanksgiving when, you know, if you're not in the playoffs, you're never going to make it, which is not true. We've already exposed that myth. But well, mathematically, it's better to be. It's like 77%. No kidding. It's always better to be in the playoffs at every point of the well, season. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, you if three-quarters of the team's in the playoff position okay. by Thanksgiving. All right. I, 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 hate, I hate doing the math. Last year in the Eastern Conference, yes, five teams – that were in the playoffs on American Thanksgiving, made it to the playoffs. That means three teams didn't. So I'm going to do short math on this and round up and use it to my favors because that's what numps, what that's what numbers do. I couldn't even say numbers. I said numps. Millions. Billions. In this case, almost half of the teams that were in the playoffs on American Thanksgiving missed. That's well, 63% made. So 37% missed. Correct. So that's still a high number. Yeah. 37% missing. Well, and 63% making. Yeah, but the difference was one team from it being 50%. And another team from it being uh, whatever six of eight is. 80. Yeah. Ish. So, I'm, not doing, I'm not doing that quick math. It's not, it's not an end-all, be-all. this. I'm trying to make my point here. <laughs> it's not an end-all, be-all, but... And don't stall here as you're trying to come up with a question. The question I have for you, yeah. the Webb's Michael Smith, is all five teams in the Metro, five teams from the Metro division, not mm. all five teams from the Metro. Five teams from the Metro will be in the playoffs Yeah, come the end of the year. Mm. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it... Um, I'll t I'll take it. Okay. You don't want to expound upon it. You don't have to. Well, I'm just I'm looking at the Atlantic Division right now. Boston's obviously going to make the playoffs. They're about to clinch, I think. Uh Florida TBD. TBD on Florida. They're in second place right now. They're 13-8-5, but TBD on Florida. Toronto I think is going to make it. They're again, too much talent for them not to. Buffalo, sorry Buffalo. No, not going to make it. Montreal, I don't think, is going to make it. Tampa Bay, they're hanging around in sixth place in the division, which is kind of crazy, at 12-9-3. They're the team that you think is going to get hot. Correct. And will bump somebody out. So, yeah, so that's that's the thing. Does Florida hang around one of those wild card positions? Perhaps. Does Tampa Bay hang around one of those wild card positions? Perhaps. But if I'm looking in the Metropolitan Division right now. And As of today. 
the wild card right. teams are the Carolina Hurricanes and Pittsburgh Penguins. And guess who's going to be coming back for Pittsburgh? They're going to get Sidney Crosby back. Yeah, he's he's going to be back. So you got to get him Malkin back. Um, I think if you look at the Metropolitan Division, any of those five that could fall out of it, Philadelphia probably, yep. um, maybe Pittsburgh, depending on you know how many how their injury situation holds up for the rest of the season. Uh, so I could see those teams sort of competing for the wild card with maybe a Tampa Bay or a Florida. But also to be fair to Tampa Bay, they've only played twenty four games. Yeah, I which, don't know how, but they've only played twenty four games. Uh, they went to Sweden. Yeah, well, yeah, Buffalo went to yeah, Sweden though, and they played twenty seven. They played twenty seven. Yeah, but there's uh, you look at that November schedule. For, Detroit's played twenty nine. They're busy trying to get the season over with as fast as possible. I Motown. don't blame them. Um, beautiful building though. Yes, beautiful building. Yes, and. Give us 10 seconds, Bill Berniston, although he would agree with this. This is Bill Berniston coming to you live from the Canes locker room. Best press meal in the NHL? Yes, by far. Okay. It, Detroit we, has we taken just, we the gotta, We got to get Billy back. Well, Billy, hang on. Detroit, number one. Used to be Tampa Bay. They've slipped a little, still high up there. We don't include, still top we don't include PNC when we do this. We just do road, just so you know. Yeah, and, and if I were to include the press meal here, Probably top five. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the the highly regarded press yes. meals around the league. But Detroit's number one. Detroit number one. The buffet's incredible, and the Little Caesars that they have available is the best Little Caesars. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Little Caesars probably isn't going to sponsor us. You think? <laughs> Hi. Hi. Thanks. I don't typically you? eat Little Caesars, but when I'm at Little Caesars Arena, Jean's. I will eat Little Caesars pizza right. because it's delicious there. It is. I even got the Detroit pizza. You know the ones where it's, mm -hmm. it's not deep dish, but it kind of is. Right. It's like uh, it's it's their own thing. Almost Sicilianish yeah, in close. a way. Yeah, it's close to a Sicilian style pizza. Good on you knowing that. Yeah. I bring that up, and some people look at me like, you know, in the last name Maniscalco. I am Sicilian. I know people. It's easier mm -hmm. to say Italian, but the lineages from the little country never trust little a sicilian when death is on the line that's correct i still don't have one <laughs> i know you don't i'm giving you you could you could have gone with a princess bride like it to, yeah like it keep it if you princess want princess bride is the greatest movie ever made i'm gonna send that one back oh <laughs> i'd take it you can i'm gonna send it back All i right. like it here's inconceivable a, here's a standings related one i don't think that means what you think it means the Edmonton Oilers are currently winning the Pacific Division. So if you like it, you can take it. If not, send it right back. The Edmonton Oilers will win the Pacific Division. Are they for real, real? Oh, they're for real, real. They are. Uh, because they're getting good goaltending. And more importantly, their two best players are their two best players every night. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They both have 50 points. Yeah. 50 points. They've played 29 games. Both have 50 points. They're amazing. Hot on their tails is Arizona. What a division. I know. I, I I will allow this one. I almost wanted to just forfeit this question, but I will allow this one because looking at the schedule in, what, eight days from now, we embark on the trek through Western Canada. The old trek. And it starts in Edmonton. This would have been a much better question to ask next week on the Canescast. What if Edmonton's going to win the Pacific? Yes. Yeah, but standings related, just bouncing timely. around from more timely. No, that's fine. East to west. You could have, you could have gone. Is Connor McDavid the best player in the NHL? I'd take it. Every time I see a highlight of him, it's like, yeah, you know, hard for me to say he isn't. There's yeah one guy who I think is still. Still up there. Is he currently injured? He's currently injured. Yeah. Currently plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's that guy is very good, and I don't understand. He's. I think he's appreciated, but I. I don't think he's appreciated enough for how good at the game of hockey. Sidney yeah. Crosby is. Well, and he does it with, you know, guys that yeah. you never hear from again. Yeah. You know. To be fair, Connor McDavid is surrounded by. Lots not of the number, greatest. But lots of number one picks at some point in time. It's true. Or high picks. Uh, and how about the rebirth of James Neal out there in Edmonton? Yeah. He was good early. And 
Leon Dreisaitl. They put Dreisaitl and McDavid together. Those are two really good players to work with. Two very good players. So, uh, although the Canes have a really good combination right now. Mm-hmm. Dare I say Troika. Yes. Of Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechnikov, and Tavo Teravainen. I have this for you. Okay. If you like it, you know the rest. All three of those players will have 80 points this year. Well, Svech has 29 and 27. Mm-hmm. Tavo Teravainen has 26 and 27. Mm-hmm. And Sebastian Ajo has 22 and 27. Mm-hmm. You're saying 80 for all three? Yep. I'll send it back. Okay. I th- if I that would line say, stays together, I think that all three will get 80 points. That's fair. I, I'm safely, I think, two. Um, that's why, hey, if I wanted to make this an easy one, yeah. I would have said two of the three. Yeah, I would have taken it then. I'll send it back for all three. Okay. I think all three are going to do it. It very could possibly happen. The very well could possibly happen. <laughs> We're both really struggling this morning. You got aluminum tubes over there? <laughs> aluminum. I don't need to tell you what... The Webb's Michael Smith can do with aluminum tubes. Hi. Thank you. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Good. So here's my reasoning behind it. Okay. Sebastian Ajo's November. Discuss. 10 goals, six assists. A majority of the points that he has were accumulated in November. Well, considering he's got 22 points, right? Correct. I would say you are very correct in saying the majority of the points he's accumulated yes. came in that month and 10 of his 13 goals yep came in november and you know it, it's you, you kind of expected that after he started slow on the score sheet in october exactly what you saw in his first two seasons figured it out last year and mm-hmm. um that trend returned this year but i think i mean obviously he's going to be just fine in terms of point production i think i think he gets 80 i think svechnikov gets 80 does Teravainen get to 80? I mean, oh, he's yeah. got 19 assists already. I think, I, I think that Teravainen gets to 80 just because of how smart of a player he is, the power play time, and those two he's got on 11 his power line, play points. Yeah, those two on his line, they're going to be dueling for 30 goals apiece. Yeah. Yeah, it maybe might, more. It maybe, might happen. Maybe, maybe, maybe tickling 40, which, by the way, speaking of tickling things, we generally have the Marty Minute – uh, but because of practice and leaving for uh, Boston at uh, recording this, it just makes uh, some of the things a little difficult to do. But, Jordan, I want to have you on every single week for Same. the Marty Minute. Yep. Uh, and uh, he wanted to know how my other Michelin star restaurant experience went in New York. Hang on a couple more minutes. We've got to get Billy Burnist into at least 50 minutes on the flight. Yeah, and then he can challenge us to a duel. In he the- did. And now in the I, am, I am cleared <laughs> to lift more than 15 pounds as of today. Billy B does weigh more than 15 pounds. I, I don't know if I can go above uh, 35, which so. is above <laughs> Bill Berniston. But yeah. my retort to Bill Berniston still stands. If he is going to threaten the Canes cast, I will I will come after him using the Webb's Michael Smith as the weapon. You've got Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary. Right here. <laughs> right here. Ready to go. No, I'm just going to pick you up and swing you around <laughs> oh yeah that's you, right you you only weigh 35 pounds now from yeah. running the arena stairs it's yeah, a little more 40 okay well you know what <laughs> comfortable some things are some things are worth the risk yeah that's the way you've got to be when you find yourself in a vicious cockfight you gotta live on the edge that's it you know the rules no hitting of the hair and face of course naturally hi okay how are you? <laughs> I didn't have another anchor man drop in the lake. It keep it didn't make much sense there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Brock McGinn. Yes. Appreciate that. Uh did you have a good Thanksgiving? I had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Did you go back to the to Kville? Went back to Kernersville. Had uh had two lunches. Ooh. One at the in laws house, one at my family's house. One at uh, they were only separated by about four hours, so I was uncomfortably full. I tried to limit myself with the first plate. Might have gone back for a little seconds. Limited myself with the second plate. Didn't go back for seconds there. Sure. Yeah, positive. Dessert? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't resist dessert. So you, I didn't ca- have, you didn't have seconds, but you had dessert. No, I might add a couple of cookies and Rice Krispies, some pie. It was just loose Rice Krispies or Rice Krispie treats? No treats, and they were, whew, they were really good. Yeah, 
say? Just loose Rice Krispies. Well, you just said Rice Krispies. I'm like, I don't know. Is yeah, but what's is the, is the holiday tradition? We just have a loose bowl, a bowl of Rice Krispies out just here. Fistfuls right. just popping them I, in. Hey, I try not to disparage anybody's celebrations. Okay. What are what is the point of loose Rice Krispies? Is there a point? Cereal. Yeah, but there's other cereal. Yeah, Rice Krispies aren't bad. Yeah. How is it that the cereal... Of course, I think I used to put a pound and a half of sugar on Rice Krispies <laughs> when I was a kid. How is it that big cereal has convinced America that dessert is for breakfast? Because money. <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. That goes more to my generation. We're taking on big cereal now. Oh, yeah. Once again, uh, for uh, all my Gen Xers out there, where you at? What's up? Uh, I'm tired. Hi. Thank you. How are y'all doing? I'm tired of being caught in this tug of war between boomers and millennials there's a whole group of us who are continuing to do what we did in our teenage and early 20s not care about whatever you people have to say <laughs> so you know that <laughs> defines my generation the, tired I, of you we're tired of them yeah. we're done when i think back Spoke to the, the cereal that i ate it was just full of sugar it was all delicious. What was your big uh, was your big go-to breakfast cereal? Well, I mean, I loved Lucky Charms, but that was few and far between. Lucky Charms would get gross if you didn't eat it right away. It would, but that's why you had to get after it. Yeah. As soon as the box opened, you had to dive right in. I don't want a competition <laughs> of, all right, you've got, you literally have, once the milk hits Lucky Charms, 6.5 seconds before the, the cereal turns to mush. I would go dry. You're a lunatic. <laughs> Does that make me a well, madman? All right, madman. Wait a minute. You mad just man. asked me what was the purpose of loose rice krispies, and you ate yeah. Lucky Charms dry. It's yes. the same deal. Only you get the marshmallows. Right. Way more exciting. Lucky Charms. That's true. Golden Grams. That was my go. -to. Golden Grams. Okay. Golden Those are Grams. Life was good. The cinnamon kind. Never. Life was not big in my house. Like uh, cereal, that is. And I know my name's Mikey, and so is yours. CT Crunch, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh no, Captain Crunch was more into it. Okay. Uh, cinnamon Toast Crunch again. Dessert for breakfast, just peanut butter crunch. You know, yeah, cocoa puffs, Reese's puffs. Uh, I, I would rather on go. occasion. Reese's puffs came in later, so it's like the first one you have. So, yeah. peanut butter crunch from the Captain Crunch collection. Oh, was usually there. Crunch berries, not so much. Uh, Any Cheerios, Honey Nut? No, no, no. Yeah, I never got big. big. Rice Rice Krispies was the healthy cereal in the house. Rice Krispies and cornflakes. And Frosted Flakes. Yeah. When I did eat Cheerios, it was Frosted Cheerios. Again, dessert cereal for breakfast. You want to talk breakfast. about the power of advertising? Wheaties, man. Oh, I used to eat Wheaties yeah. because that's what athletes eat, right? Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I you have to eat your Wheaties. Boxes of Wheaties, man. I wonder what nutritionists now would say about Wheaties. I don't know. We'll have to know. ask uh, our nutritionist. Yeah, we can. We have one. We do. So we'll find out. What has to be said about that? Uh, and then the Count Chocula is always a good one. <laughs> yeah, and just fruit, straight chocolate. <laughs> yeah, fruity, fruity and cocoa pebbles as yeah. well. Those were the – we didn't have a big rotation. The begging, and occasionally we would get cookie crisp, and that was just mm. – that is an insane breakfast cereal. Right, that's just cookies. Yeah, basically cookies and milk. And animal crackers, they're not crackers. They're cookies. Yes. It's good marketing. By animal crackers <laughs> yeah. to label them crackers. Then the parents buy them for the kids, and then the kids love them because they're cookies. Yeah. Good cookies, too. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good cookies. That, so. The underrated, I and you, I don't know if you can even find them anymore, Dunkaroos, where you'd, uh, it'd be like a, a cookie, again, that you would dip in some icing. Or chocolate. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Delicious. I do remember that. So I was out of my, I was, Aging out of eating that cereal mm. when Dunkaroos really came in. Yeah, Dunkaroos were good. But no, tons of Wheaties, tons of, uh, tons of Frosted Flakes. I think if I if I had one go one consistent go to is probably Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Golden Grams. What's the one? Golden Grams because you Golden Grams outside of Rice Krispies, the most versatile cereal and maybe food on the planet. And again, I went dry because, and I think it was a t I think it was a, a texture thing. I think because, because like, uh, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, if you put milk on it and you don't get to it quick enough, you breaks down a little bit. You got the Cinnamon Toast Milk. 
<laughs> yeah. Which is, that's the, that's the whole reason for eating Cocoa Pebbles. To get Not to eat Cocoa Pebbles. So that's just milk. like sort of kind of chocolatey Rice Krispies. It's like Reese's Puffs. You get that like peanut butter chocolatey Yes, that's milk. the whole point of it. Yeah. No, I went dry. You're a lunatic. I might be. Now, not going to tell you that I have not reached in and eaten handfuls of, of Golden Grams. Because oh, sure. I have. Who hasn't? But Golden Grams, you could make the s'mores. <sighs> Did you ever do that? Your family ever do that? No. Dude, you'd put Golden Grams on the bottom. You'd put marshmallows on the top. Oh, wait. Put, yes, then definitely. Then you put Hershey's bars on top of that. You put it in the oven. You bake it. Actually, it was no. just delicious. Yeah. Oh. But why that has been surpassed by Rice Krispie Treats, only because I think Rice Krispie Treats are easier to make. That could be it. Yeah. No bake with Rice Krispie Treats, too. Yeah. These yeah, were made. You don't these... want kids, especially with the ovens that I had growing up, man. Tough times. It was a wild west. Back in the back in the eighties, if that electric oven wasn't on, you just sit there and stare at it and wondering mm. what's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, power went out. The filaments weren't there. I can say filament, I couldn't say reward or <laughs> croak or Forsberg today. Well Hi. How are you doing? Bill's uh, long gone. So why don't we talk about New York real quick? Okay. I wasn't, we got off on wasn't the, sure where you're going with that comment. We got off on the serial tangent. Okay. Bill stopped listening Bill five minutes Bill ago. Berniston. Yeah, Bill yeah, Berniston. Thank you. Not just a random listener named Bill, because I think uh, one of uh, our listeners, Bill Hughes, yeah. met him in Charlotte once. Good fella. Yeah. Went to uh, 11 Madison Park with Kane's uh, massage therapist, Tristan Simmons. We went there. Uh, it is... Uh, Depending on which rankings you believe in, it's one of the top restaurants in the world. I just wanted to go to go. Jones. Thank you. And, oh, thank you. Better. It was outstanding. Yeah. It was an outstanding meal. It is pricey, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it it's really good. It's top three meals I've ever had. Mm. Maybe five. I got some arranging to do. Uh, very... Fortunate at the, the places that I've been able to eat in my lifetime. But uh, this was the, the one. It's actually a place that uh, me and, uh, can we queue up our friend Phil? Um, uh, wanted to go. And I'm like, well, I got in. Kristen got us reservations because it's hard to get into this place. And he knows some people. Yeah, he does. Well, the man. has got connections. As Fingers McGee. Yep. Uh, he, you know, massaged the right people. Ah, yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah. Massage the guest list. Yes, and uh, so, again, um, said, if you're in, go. So, got the green light, and after what I've been through, why not? So, we went. Why not, eh? To say that it, it was outstanding is an understatement. It was outstanding. It's really good. Uh, but I have to go Ferris Bueller right now. If you have the means... I suggest you use it because it was choice. There you go. You. I had a... Uh, Although I would, I think I would rather own a Ferrari GT than just constantly go eating, but that's just me. Oh. Maybe Have one day. Have you ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? You didn't see Trading Places. Yeah, and somebody uh, scolded me on Twitter yes, for that. Yes, as well you should be scolded. Yeah. Uh, yes, I have seen Ferris oh, okay, Bueller's okay. Day Off. Because yeah. I thought we were going down the path of no, no. no. No, I have seen that one. All right. That because that would be unforgivable. Yes, uh, but no, this was great. Um, my entree, the the big thing was a uh, roasted venison loin. That was perfect, perfect. And then the dessert was outstanding. Yeah, yeah. And the menu, I saw you showed me the menu. It came in a little yeah. thing that you it was inventive. Folded out. Yeah, they print off your menu for you because you have choices that you can make at certain courses of the meal, and it was just really good. Yeah. I had uh you had a top three meal. I oh, probably you had, had a top three burger. Yes, top three burger. Ranked one of the best burgers in the city. And we've had uh the burger from Manetta Tavern, which is highly ranked in yep. the city as well. We'll also set you back about thirty five dollars. Well worth it. Like eating a steak though. Yeah, it's like eating a steak and they only put onions on it. This one caramelized, um, caramelized onions. Yes. This one was at Emily in West Village. Uh it does come with cheese on it, comes with some sauce and some onions. Fairly simple arrangement and just delicious. See, that's why I wish you would have, in Chicago, gone with me to O'Cheval. Yeah, but I wasn't hungry then. I, I prepared for this by not eating anything. and then well, I prepared for 11 Madison Park by not eating for anything. Yeah, 
And I, then, I did not seriously like I. I knew we were flying up to New York. The only thing I had was toast mm. that morning. Sourdough and not cinnamon toast crunch, no, but just toast. not dry or yeah. not with milk. Although <laughs> the whole point of eating all of those sugary cereals was the sugar, the milk sugary afterwards milk. <laughs> to make a healthy drink less healthy. Exactly. <laughs> um. And they they Where serve, have we gone with this podcast right now? Well, straight into the food scene. That is true. Uh, they serve De- Detroit-style pizzas at Emily, um, and they also have this fantastic burger that's, uh, that's a must-try. And you tried it. And I tried it, and it was delicious, and I want it again soon. And a pretzel bun, which sometimes isn't the best yeah. option, but the saltiness on there complemented what was between it perfectly, and it was delicious. All right. And it came with curly fries. And then you and I went to the comedy cellar. We did. And were treated to almost three hours of comedy. It was excellent. I Seriously, if you go to New York City and you like comedy, go to the comedy cellar. Yes. It was, it's it's a... Institution. When, it's an institution. You get folks, we saw Dave Attell, he dropped in. Yeah. And it's not, it's not even, you, you're going to yeah, pay top dollar just, yeah, you'll, you for a them. lot of stuff in New York City. But the comedy cellar is very affordable. 14 bucks, right? $14 cover on the nights that we... It's like Monday and Tuesday, yeah. I think, is $14 cover. And then you got to get two drinks when you're in there. And by drinks, Not even you can drinks. Get, yeah, yeah, just, just items. order two items. So yeah. they've got a food menu. So if you're hungry, and the food always looks good. I don't think we've ever ordered any food no, there. No, I really wanted some French fries, but... Oh, that's... Yeah, French fries? Did. But I, <laughs> I didn't get any. That... From the same yeah, movie. same scene. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Fritz, yeah, yeah. French fries. Thank you for sending that to me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Because now I'm thinking like cat dog. Huh? No. <laughs> no, not that. All right. Good. But um, yeah. So uh, go to the comedy cellar. It's uh, it's excellent. It's the the we they saw. They work blue, by the way. Yes, very so, blue. Yeah. Uh, we saw eight comedians yes. in like two and a half hours. It was awesome. Yeah. I remember uh, who dropped by. The one time we were there, former Saturday Night Live, uh, Jay Farrell. Jay Farrell. Yep. So he he dropped by. David Tell just drops by. So yep. it could be like six comics on the menu, and then all of a sudden two guys just or two ladies just happen to be there, and yeah. they want to do a set. They'll let them on. Yeah, it's great. It's a fun time. Highly recommend it. Yes. Why am I dressed like a high school wrestling coach? <laughs> I don't know why that's the line I keep taking with me. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, And then go to Emily if you want a good burger. Or go to or 11 Ma- Tavern or 11 Madison Park if you can. Well, if you can get in splurge. and yeah, you can splurge and say you have a birthday or anniversary, 11 Madison Park. It's it's that play. Like and when I say anniversary, we're talking like a big one, like a decade right. anniversary, like 10, 20, 30. Yeah. Not like a second dating anniversary. No. And a lot of times when you go to places like that, one of the, this is going to sound weird. A lot of times when you go to a place like that, that's kind of frou-frou and I will admit it's frou-frou. Uh, you kind of go, all right, now I need a sandwich. When it's all right. done, nope, I was full. Oh, that's good. I was like, nope. I mean, it was like 10 courses or whatever. Yes. Right? Eight, seven, I don't yes. know. Yes. Uh, it was a few. It was a lot. Yeah, that menu just kept unfolding. And they kept giving us rolls. Like, they looked at me and Tristan and like, would you like more rolls? And Tristan and I kept going, yes. <laughs> They're delicious. They were like croissants. It was amazing. That is a... Um, and Tristan being from French Canada... Uh, said we. Speaking of, uh, I said Speaking of comedy, Norm Macdonald has a joke about that. It's a it's a a thing in restaurants where they bring you like a loaf of bread to eat. Whereas normally, if you're at home cooking, you're not going to just munch into a loaf of bread. I mean, maybe some people do, depending on what kind of bread it is. <laughs> like, I'm not going to just crack out the wonder and start eating it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess maybe people don't have rolls at their disposal. Yeah. Just a snack on before. Well, it's called a dinner roll for a reason. Although, if you leave a, a thing of King's Hawaiian rolls near me, Ooh, yeah. gone. Yeah. And uh, Thanksgiving rolls. Oh, okay. I don't know if there's really one to distinguish, like a Thanksgiving from a Christmas roll, but rolls are a popular staple of these bigger meals. Referring to like a White House roll? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or a, like a... Um, a yeast roll. All right. Okay. We're going to just stop this right now. <laughs> we're truly, so you know, there's going to be a fist fight on the plane to Boston. Oh, absolutely. 
Actually, he's probably just going to stop listening and maybe unsubscribe from the podcast. No, he won't do that. Again, he is our biggest fan and toughest critic. This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. I think that we've said his name more than any other person's name in the history of this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, probably. All right. All right, well. Anything else you want to add? No, we should probably get out of week? here. Yeah. We're over an hour at this point. Okay, just uh, quickly, though, this week is not exactly uh, easy living as far as the hockey goes because the Boston Bruins this week, the San Jose Sharks, and then it looks like the Minnesota Wild have found their game because they've been good in their last six. So there's that, and then we get ready to go to Western Canada yep. for 45 days. It'll A be long like- trip. Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, and Colorado over the course of about a week and a half. And then we'll finally return home uh, just before Christmas to play the Florida Panthers. A couple weeks in between home games, so if you can make it out later this week to see the Sharks on Thursday or the Wild on Saturday, do so just in time for us to then head out on the road. So you're telling us that we'll be home for Christmas? We will be. Actually, we won't be. We'll be up in Toronto before Christmas. Before Christmas. Then we come back. For an afternoon game on a Monday. And I know there are a lot of questions about that. It's the yearly thing they do where they... Celebrating The next generation. Yeah. Yeah. They give uh, tickets to kids and... I like it. I really do. It's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. And and I enjoy it. I enjoy it because we'll be home by dinner time or shortly after. And then the Christmas break begins. Yeah. School's out. For summer. No, for Christmas break. Yeah. Okay. So, thank you, Alex. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, just want to get that out there. All right, well, let's go. Yep, let's that'll get do out it. Of here. Uh, we will talk to you next Monday, right? Yeah, next Monday before we depart for Edmonton. And we will have the Marty Minute. At least we hope Hopefully to so. have the, the Marty Minute for you. Hopefully so. We'll I th- find a way to get the Marty Minute back in when we have yeah. tough tough bounces to try to get back and forth. It's just a busy day today with uh, practice over at RCI and then plane leave shortly after. So uh, in order to get this podcast to you in an expedited, a timely fashion, got to, you know, make some sacrifices. Sorry, Marty, we'll have you back on next week. And we are going to have to bring back listener questions. We've gone a long time without really asking you guys what you want to know, what's going on, and seeing we're in December two months down. We'll have plenty of questions to Get answered. Questions and uh, hopefully a, a an interview with one of the guys in the locker room, too. If you want to hear from someone, let, yeah, us, let know us know who you want to hear from. Maybe Joel Edmondson, maybe Brett Pesci. Let us know. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get an interview. We'll get it all squared away. We'll do our best to make that happen. Perfect. So that's how we'll say goodbye on this one. So for the webs, Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Maniscalco. We'll talk to you next week. Moy moy. Thank you.